0: This is a download from Newstalk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.
1: Each week here on Global Village, we celebrate the fact that people from 199 different nationalities have made Ireland their home. We call it the 199 shades of green, as after all, collectively we now make up our new diverse island. And it's a great feature because every week you get to meet a new person from a different culture, and and we learn a little more about them uh, as opposed to the actual culture and and where they're from. So this week we actually turn to a person whose origins are in France and Algeria. Well, joining me now in studio is with. Welcome to Global Village, Wissam.
2: Thanks for inviting me.
1: Wissam, so very, very interesting. You're French, um Algerian. Uh, how did it happen?
2: It happened that my father and my mother met in France basically. My father was coming from Algeria, and they he, he was there to basically find a work. And he met my mother and, and, and that was it. Yeah, a,
1: uh, And then Wissam was made. Exactly. <laughs> and um, what was it like to grow up in in France and which part of France are you from?
2: I'm from a city called Beauvais that people know by the airport Paris Beauvais and uh, my childhood was pretty much a normal childhood you know being part of a multicultural family uh, was great because you were basically open-minded from the start you know you were used to have your habits on the French side and your habits with the Algerian people as well so it's 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 it was quite interesting actually.
1: And the interesting thing is that you also lived in Spain. So you also apart from speaking uh, English and uh, French, you also speak Spanish.
2: Yeah, I was I was able to go to Spain uh, thanks to the Erasmus program, you know, when you're in college and and uh, they give you the, that opportunity to go on holidays for a year basically. So I could learn obviously Spanish through this program. It was a great experience as well.
1: Yeah. And and how, uh, what brought you to Ireland?
2: My sister, um, who is a court reporter, basically was already settled settled in here. And I was basically looking for a place where I could learn English. And England was too expensive. And obviously I wanted to to keep that family link as well. So it was the best way for me to not to be homesick and, and to learn English. So that's why I came to, to Ireland. And I think like m- most of the migrants, that are still in here. Basically, um, I was planning to stay here only eight months, and after five years, I'm still here. So.
1: Wow, and and your English is great. Thank you. Yeah. Do you think it's great?
2: Well, you, well, it's it's better than when I arrived. I can tell you. Because
1: <laughs> I find most most migrants who come to Ireland who, to learn English. No matter how long they are, they still don't think their English is good enough. You yeah. know. And that's, sometimes that's the problem why migrants don't feel that they can um, contribute to Irish media, because they don't feel they have the communication skills. But well, actually, they do.
2: I think they do. And, and we were talking about this earlier before the show. Uh, I think coming from a multicultural background gives you the opportunity, op- the opportunity to catch the accents. Um, easily and because you're maybe more open-minded so you want to to give you uh, a voice to 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 your ideas as well so it's 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 part of it i think it's it's the way we are built Mm -hmm. you know when
1: that reminds me uh, when I first came to Ireland I used to work as a as a waitress in a in one of the Hilton hotels, and all the staff were from different um, uh, different nationalities. And whenever the phone rang, you know, it was somebody uh, a guest or somebody looking to make a reservation, and no one would want to pick up the phone because they were too afraid that they wouldn't be able to understand the Irish accent. So I I would be in the kitchen and have to you know leg it into the restaurant to pick up the phone, you know, and and I got, was asking. Actually, there was a Spanish guy called Jesus, and I was he was standing right next. The phone. I said, why didn't you pick up the phone? I said, Oh no, the accent isn't scared. I said, But if you don't pick up the phone, you will never your ear will never get trained to to, to understand that accent. And so you kind of have to push yourself.
2: You have to, you have yeah. to. I remember when I arrived here, my first job was as a sales assistant in a spa. And it took me about six months to be able to communicate. And you have the whole frustration not to be able to talk when you like to talk to people. So you kind of push yourself and you say, okay. Let's make some efforts and and try. And when I could understand the kids, I was so happy because I could understand that they were making fun of me, <laughs> basically, and I could have my revenge. So it was quite good.
1: Ah, oh, it's funny. And and you are a documentary maker. I am. Did you always want to to make documentaries? Because I think your sister and and you do documentaries together, isn't it right?
2: Exactly. She has a passion for journalism. She always been. Uh, willing to be part of this journalistic area, you know. And when I was 16 years, I remember I was before to go to high school. I was used to watch those music videos. Uh, and I was wondering, wow, how, how do they make that? You know, I want I want to see that. I want to be part of it. And because the film schools and the acting schools were too expensive, as usual, you know, that's, that's always the economical problem. So I just decided to, to go for... A random, uh, you know, diploma, which was English, Spanish and economics. And then coming to Ireland, starting to work, earning money, I could then kind of connect the dots and say, OK, now I can do it. I have the money. And the way I've learned is I was basically watching tutorials on YouTube. Uh, the knowledge is out there. And I didn't go to any film school in here. I just bought my first camera about two years ago. And and here, here here I am with and the rest documentary. Is history. Yeah, right yeah.
1: Then. So so talk to us about the documentary that you made.
2: So the documentary it's called We Are Dublin. Uh, it's available actually on YouTube. It's based on the idea that people are at the very essence of the city, and that without people there is no city. It's a ghost town basically. And the way I had this idea is is that two years ago I was at the airport. Uh, I was a bit early for my boarding and I had this notebook and I was trying to put stuff on it to write stuff and nothing came up so I put it back uh, in the in the bag and I was basically watching the people, observing people and I started to hear the beep, beep that you have at the airport. Do you know what is the beep? No, what's that? It's the little car that you have. Oh yeah. Usually it's a young man yeah. uh, driving it and they are disabled people or elders basically. Yeah. And I started to think and connect the dots. So this young man has a job because they are elders. Yeah. okay? So they need to go and, and, and go for boarding. Transport, basically, yeah, exactly. transport the person. And then I started to think, okay, the people at the airport, they got a job because people are going on holidays. And from a complicated logic like this, I then realized that a city without people is not a city. And And that's how we are doubling... Came up basically. It's it was one day before to go on holidays in Istanbul. Yeah. And, then and all came from by the beep beep. <laughs> yeah, from this beep, beep. That so every time I hear it when I go <laughs> to the airports, it reminds me, you know, this this kind of click that yeah. happened that day. So
1: yeah. no, it, it's it's very powerful. It without yeah. without people, you're absolutely right, there's no city. So where can people see this documentary? They we can see
2: it on uh, YouTube. So basically if you search for We Are Dublin, or uh, on my website, website sorry, wissamcherfi.com. So dot icom So that's the places where, where you can find it, basically.
1: Brilliant. And and you picked a song for us, Yaraya. Yaraya, yeah. If you're running out of time, could you tell us uh, what the significance of that song?
2: <laughs> so this song is basically, or the singer or the city asking an immigrant to come back home. And the story, just to make it short, uh, behind is that my father was playing this song in loop in, in the car. And after a few years, I couldn't understand why. Because this is a story of, of the CD or the singer saying, okay, come back home. You're, you're sad there, just come back. And it's linked to We Are Dublin and my, my childhood as well. So that's why I picked this, this song basically.
1: Ah, that's lovely. I'm really yeah. looking forward to hearing the song now. So my, my thanks to this week's 199 Shades of Green, which was with Sam Sherfi.
0: I bet the ghazaline, I'll go to
3: عمرين والبر بيعت وقت ما يا الغيب في بلاد الناس حال تعيا ما ليك وعد القدره ولا الزمن وأنت ما يا مسافر
0: تروح تعيا بدل صوت لي سيار ما يحوينا مسافر
3: و على اش ما تمش دا ولا بطيت علم وكتملي ما يدوموا الأيام ولا يطوم صغرك وصغري يا حليل مسكين غير خاب سعدو
0: (تصفيق)
3: (تصفيق) يا مسافر نعطيك وصيتي شوف ما يصلح بيك قبل ما تبيع وما يا خبرك ما في الجري نصبح ولا عليك تاكر تروح تعيا يا رايح وين مسافر تروح دعيا وتولي شحال مولع باد الغفني قبلك